Hi, and welcome back to the Shades of Tea podcast, a platform where we amplify the voices, cultures, and experiences of our underrepresented students. I'm your host, Tamara. And I'm Awe. And we're here today to present you with another episode of our stereotype segment. So today's guest, we've got a fellow ambassador on our team who's excited to be joining us. Hi, Shanique. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm good. I'm really looking forward to today and recording this podcast. I've never done one before. Good. We're excited to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? So um, I'm a master's student um, and a BAME ambassador for the business and law faculty. And what is it that you're studying? Um, management, which a lot of people never know what it is, but it's basically business management. So, yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. So what are some things that you like doing in your spare time, Shanique, when you're not a master's student? Normally in normal life um I like going for food going for drinks um and dressing up that's kind of me in a nutshell that must be quite hard then especially with everything going on yeah it's not great for me <laughs> at the moment so would you like to describe as an extrovert no I'm definitely not an extrovert um I'm definitely more introverted 100% um I like to keep myself to myself so I feel like I'm the same I'm similar I like I like going out but um I think if I had to choose one, I'd probably be like more like intimate home days with people I like and stuff like that instead of loud places. But I, know, I like loud places. Just oh, you do? Yeah, just I'm not loud. <laughs> I know that, that that works. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I would say I'm probably a bit of both. It really does depend on who I'm with or the situation. Yeah, or the mood. Because if you haven't gone out in a long time, you kind of crave it a bit, don't you? Sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. But um, I don't know how it'll be when we can actually go out again and socialise. I think we have a really short um, social battery. Is that the word? Yeah, that's definitely the word. I know exactly what you mean. I've been wondering how everyone's going to adjust when when life is actually back to normal again. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Whenever that is. Yeah, <laughs> that's the scary part. Okay, so um, on to our topic for today's episode. We're discussing a very familiar stereotype we're all aware of surrounding black women, which we all are here today. We've all heard the coined phrase of the angry black woman, but what does this imply beyond the obvious? So Tamara, would you like to introduce the first few questions we have? So Shanique, have you had any experiences where you've kind of felt you've had to avoid this label? Um, I feel like as a person, I'm quite um, soft-spoken. Um, and I'm quite a soft, gentle person anyway. So I don't think I've ever had that stereotype um, placed on me, but I think I've always subconsciously been aware of it. So even if other people haven't said that to me, um, it's something that I've always been aware of and almost um, stay away from situations that can paint me in that light. Yeah. Is it generally like like work circumstances that you find that? Um, yeah, definitely, because a lot of my social circles are predominantly with people who look like me and have similar experiences to me, so I feel like we get each other, but in the workplace, it's a completely different arena where you're with so many different people from different backgrounds, and I think it can be difficult sometimes getting to know, especially in the beginning, getting to know how people are and how they act and how they say things and how it, what they mean. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if anybody else can relate. No, 100%. I know exactly what you mean. So do you feel like um, you've had to shape your personality based on that? Or do you reckon you've just naturally been able to avoid it? 
you know what it's so funny because I think at the beginning when I was first had my experience within the workplace I very much kept myself to myself and I didn't really give much about me away because I thought why do they need to know like I'm doing my job isn't that enough but when you are in those sorts of corporate spaces you do have to share a little bit of yourself um otherwise people kind of look at you in, in a weird way um but saying that as the year kind of went on and as I was in the team longer I kind of thought well I'm not going to hide my blackness because that's what I was doing so I just decided you know what I'm going to show them if they need to know that I'm wearing a wig that's what I'm doing I don't care yeah no that's interesting that you've said to hide your blackness because it's crazy how um they'd expect you to separate your race from your identity as a person like do you, have you ever felt like being completely yourself is going to be overwhelming to, to people um I wouldn't say overwhelming I'd probably say it's different from what they're used to because a lot of the people that I have met um in the workplace don't socialize with people that look like me or even age wise like we're different we have different life experiences like it's so completely different to what they know um so I wouldn't say overwhelmed but I would definitely say it's just different um and just other like areas of my personality as well which they might find different so yeah so where do you think this kind of stereotype of black women being angry and aggressive actually stems from really oh that's such a big question I feel like a lot of it has stemmed from um the media um even just watching tv shows often the black woman especially darker skinned they're often the overly like motherly figure who's really loud and I think a lot of people have taken that stereotype and kind of ran with it um to the point where it has cascaded across to this angry black woman phrase I suppose yeah I completely agree in terms of what you're saying with the media because um, watching tv like pretty much all my life whenever even if it wasn't necessarily a predominantly black show if a black woman was the only one in a group she would never just be a quiet side character she'd always be even if as a side character she'd always be loud and um a domineering personality um even if it isn't necessarily aggression they're very much intimidating um very much blunt uh, forceful with their opinions so as soon as someone who's now seen that on the media meets another black woman who might not even be aggressive at all but has you know an opinion or something they're very quick to jump to that and it's it's not fair at all because Mm -hmm. anger is a natural emotion so everyone's allowed to feel it so as soon as a black woman feels it people are very quick to assume that it's unjustified or over the top I don't know I feel like it's become a bit of an excuse to be honest that people use to not get to know someone it's almost as if they're they're using this worry that they're going to be like angry and aggressive about a situation because of what they've seen on TV. And also and I just excuse to like dismiss something she has to say, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like your opinion can't matter because you're angry for no reason, if that makes sense. It's like, oh here we go again with the angry black woman. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had a conversation as well in the past where, you know, especially in like work situations, um, like Shanique was saying, you almost have to rethink everything that you would say whereas someone else in the situation who might just react and have their emotions heard and respected whereas like like being a black woman you have to kind of sit back and and think about how someone else is going to take the way that you react to something 100 percent. it's not fair is it when you think about it because everyone else is allowed to have their own individual personality without it being um morphed by their race 
which shouldn't represent them on a personality level. Yeah. Anything to add, Shanique? I think what I would add is, I think as a black woman, I often think that my race kind of comes before my gender. So where other people may feel like, oh, their gender, they have to act in a certain way because of their gender. I feel the same way about my race. I think my race is so important and shapes everything about me. So it means when I am in certain spaces, I have to either like lower and dimmer that aspect of me just so it doesn't come across as make people uncomfortable almost yeah make people feel uncomfortable yeah that's definitely the word it could be in different ways so you know the way that I speak the language that I use it will change when I'm in the workplace Um, how I communicate with people will change how I dress obviously will change but it's just elements of, of me as a person what I bring to lunch you know I might not bring in something that people ask questions about because it might make me feel uncomfortable so it's not even just about them feeling uncomfortable but it's about me too yeah no I'm completely understand that I think um that's a good point actually because I don't think a lot of times when people ask you questions that they're uncomfortable because if they've come out their way to ask you a question it could literally come from a curious state but sometimes you really just want to go to work and have food with you and not have anyone ask you questions because not that's not happening to anyone else you kind of just want to blend naturally um, so that leads us on to our next question, actually. Are enough people aware of the connotations that this has? I don't think so at all. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a rhetorical one there. Um, so basically, it's a chance for us to discuss, like, maybe how we can get people, like, maybe how we can change our behaviours. Is it even our doing, do you reckon? Is it something that we can control? Or is it like a societal thing that needs to change? Well, I was going to ask, actually, do you think that we should just stop, you know, altering the way that we speak in work environments and like bring the food that we want to bring you know like just stop making these alterations yeah Yeah. I think that's what we should be doing because why do we have to change the way how we are I I don't understand it I don't and it's for all these micro things as well they're never things that people you know are aware that we're even adjusting so it's like you're doing so much work for it not to even be recognized and it's just harming you and no one else yeah yeah and I just think like the country is only gonna get more diverse as time goes on so isn't it time that the workplace adapts and adjusts exactly I think we shouldn't be made to feel uncomfortable in a place that we have just as much right to be in yeah I agree I think as well though we're at like a time where people do need to be aware of the way that they are acting and treating other people you know having this assumption that black women are angry or aggressive is so outdated now in my opinion yeah no I agree it's a boring it's a boring stereotype that really needs to change 100% I was gonna ask um to lead back to it does anyone have any experience with it at all um even even though it's not something that you've been labeled as more than once but have you ever had an experience specifically where you had to almost prove prove that you had a right to be angry and you weren't just playing this angry black card or is it something you've seen other people instead not really happened to you I would say just in the way that people like react to the way you react to something like sometimes I've noticed if something's annoyed me and I've reacted a certain way like the reaction I get from that makes me question my own emotions about something then I'll go back and think about it later on and think well no I was why wouldn't my right to be upset about that yeah no I get that 100% because I've, I think um, she, when Shanique was saying she's quite naturally a soft-spoken person, it just, it gave me the, it just put the idea in my head. Maybe because my whole experience in secondary school was always having to justify 
my way of speaking to people. I mean, everyone has their own way of speaking and it wasn't necessarily um, in terms of language. I literally just mean like, as in just the way I use my sentences and the way I depict my emotions and opinions on things. And a lot of the times people would literally tell me straight up that they find me intimidating. And I, I've, never, I've never understood how you can be comfortable enough to tell someone that you find them intimidating when they've done absolutely nothing to you to suggest that mm-hmm. there's that way and I don't think people realize how uncomfortable it made me because we've we've had nothing but normal interactions we're discussing opinions on something that's so insignificant and so small and then they'll just be like oh yeah no I find you really intimidating because of just the way you say things almost as if it's a compliment sometimes to like try mask the fact that it's quite a harsh thing to say and I just never understood it and I've always sat down and just just tried to figure out what it is I'm doing wrong and I the only thing that people like close to me would tell me that it could be down to is just the fact that when I have an opinion on something big or small I'm just really like straightforward with my speech which might not be something that people are used to I don't know but it's always um it's always something I've been quite conscious about yeah I think for me I've not had any experiences of that but I'm often not bothered by things that happen in the workplace so I don't ever find myself getting um like emotionally invested in things and I don't know if that's because just me as a person I'm very detached from the workplace and I kind of expect it like you know um microaggressions I expect you know people who put their foot in it and you know they don't say the right thing maybe it's because I expect that that's going to happen that I am not then offended or react to things but you think I'm a very chilled person at the same time though so a lot of things will happen and I'll just be like oh whatever it's fine yeah no I think maybe your personality allows for that but but do you still think it's fair though that you've had to expect all that and you've had to just make yourself aware of the fact that these things happen so that when they do you don't get emotionally invested because a lot of people who aren't who don't look like you wouldn't have to ever deal with that issue yeah because I remember um so one when I started a job in the workplace, I um, was of the belief, or I don't know, I've always been told, and I think it's something that as people in of an ethnic minority, it's kind of shared, that you don't really tell people your business like that. You don't need to tell people your life story. And I really just went to work, did my job, did a very good, you know, did good high quality work while I was doing my job, got everything done and went home. And that was, that was it. I didn't, do too I did small talk but not too much you know and it came back to me um through like a one-to-one that apparently I wasn't integrating well with the team because I wasn't engaging in like the conversations and the banter and the oh what did you do at the weekend even though I did nothing they thought I was lying oh and yeah and it just made me think that like you know I've been brought up in a particular way as Mm -hmm. I think a lot of like people from ethnic minorities have done to you know you go to work or you go to school or whatever you work your best you work your hardest yeah and then you go home you don't engage in all the extra bits but in the workplace if you don't do that you're then deemed um as you're not cooperating you're not meshing well with the team funny I feel like if a single person in that group had the exact same attitude to work as you but they just weren't a black person they would just be seen as oh you know Tim he's shy do you know what I mean yeah definitely anyone would be like Tim doesn't integrate with us because they guess what Tim looks like them so they don't really care exactly and I just thought like so I have to tell you everything that I do like I just want to do my job because what what if you just don't like 
speaking to people about personal things but you're still very much open when they say hi you're still very much happy to you know um speak to them a little bit when you're in the kitchen you walk past each other whatever but why does it have to be a thing where I have to speak and engage the exact same way you do in order to make you feel comfortable when it's not affecting my job and I think this is where things like cultural differences in the workplace are really really important um, and I think that's probably like the biggest thing like cultural misunderstandings um because it's like people are trying to communicate in two different ways and it doesn't work so I think something needs to change and I think the workplace does need to become more inclusive of um like culture I think it's great like places having you know um like ethnic and diversity forums and having um you know like groups and things I think that's really important because then it creates like a sense of space but I think what's really important is that people understand that people are different in the workplace and that's okay no 100 percent having mm-hmm. having diversity is all well and good but if you want everyone to do things your only one white way then it's not it's not going to work it's not it's not going to make the only people who are going to be comfortable are the people who aren't minority who aren't minorities so yeah and i 100 agree with what you're saying there uh so we just thought you know to lighten things things a little bit we'd play a game um we're going to play would you rather but basic it's basically a black girl version so Shanique, I'll start with you. Would you rather never be allowed your bonnet again or never be allowed to use coconut oil? Definitely coconut oil. That blocks your pores. That's not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's funny? I found these questions on BuzzFeed and as soon as I read that, I was like, that is such an easy answer because I hate coconut oil in my hair anyway. It's so bad. Don't use coconut oil. <laughs> don't use coconut oil, guys. I really don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it that much, but I was, I agree. I was going to pick coconut oil as well. There's so many other oils that are better for your hair anyway, but you can't really survive without bonnet. Definitely. There is always option of the silk pillowcases though. Oh yeah. Those are really good. I have one and it's so good. If your bonnet or your headscarf comes off at night, then you don't need to worry. Thing is guys, I've never had a bonnet. I've only ever used um, silk scarves and they always they always slide off. So a satin pillowcase is always coming clutch. But I just feel like I'd still, even with a satin pillowcase, still want to cover my hair only because, you know, you don't want your oils from your hair to interfere with your face, where your face is going. But, um, you know, I love a satin pillowcase. Um, so would you rather have your name mixed up with the only other black girl in the office or have people always ask us about your hair? I think oh this is hard I think I would go with the name one I'd prefer for people to know my name in the office is that was the the one right that was one of the options yeah. <laughs> okay double checking yeah because um imagine like you're in the workplace and then they don't remember your name but somebody else is getting the credit for all your hard work that would be so, that would, that would be so infuriating, especially when everyone, it doesn't usually take people long to learn each other's names. So imagine I'm always getting confused for the other person. Yeah, no, that would definitely irritate me. Like, I think it's the most basic form of respect. I think names is like probably the thing that grinds my gears the most when it comes yeah. to like, oh, can I call you this instead? Or, oh, I really struggle with different names. Or how do you pronounce that for the 10th time? It's just, I find those kind of things probably, it's probably on the top of my like, um, what's the word? What's the word? Pet peeves. Pet peeves. Yeah, it's probably on the top of my list in terms of, um, yeah, that's up there. I yeah. think I'd, I'd rather have people ask to touch my headscarf. <laughs> I do agree, but I have to admit, mine 
one of my biggest pet peeves is the touching of the hair. It's just, I hate it and I've always hated it. So I think I'd actually have to pick that one. Oh, so you have, you'd rather have someone call you like, like an, I was going to say another name, but I can't even think of something that makes, thing is Tamara, your name is not difficult. So what could they use? still find a way. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> no name is actually yeah. difficult if you think about it. Cause all the person needs to do is tell you how to pronounce it once. And, it, and it's like, what's so, what's so hard? I don't, I don't understand how people can call a name difficult. Yeah. They usually, they usually never difficult. They're just not common. Yeah, it should be. You should just make a conscious effort to listen to the way the person pronounces it because it's perfectly okay to ask the yeah. first time if you don't know how to pronounce to just ask them. So, have but you had listen. issues then with like names? Yeah. Um, not really. I don't really get that much issues. I feel like people struggle with how to pronounce it at first, but then once they've got it, they're okay. So I don't really have that many issues. Really. All right, okay. I mean, I don't so much now, but in school, like my name is pretty straightforward. I said like Tamara, it's spelt the way it sounds, but there was a girl the year above me whose name was Tamara. And okay. just stuck with me the whole way through school, like primary, secondary, every single teacher. But like it's fine at first, but I would always correct them, and they would just ignore it. Oh no, I know, I know exactly how that one feels. And my my biggest issue was that my my surname is always the top of the register. So as soon as there's a new, oh, I hated the beginning of school because we'd have like new teachers and right, and they'd be introducing themselves at the start, and all it would take is for them to look at the register for two seconds, and they'd automatically, after seeing my name, look up and be like, "I'm so sorry, I'm going to butcher a lot of you guys' names." I'm like, it's really not. Um, it's really not hard one and two once I correct them you could just see the defeat in their face like they're not even eager to try like make sure it doesn't happen again it's more like did I say that right okay moving on and then it's the same thing every week this is in workplaces this is in school like I've always just had to at the end just it's not that I should but like I don't want to be that it's funny I don't want to be that angry person about it I don't want to be that mm -hmm. that person who's constantly making a big deal out of something that other people think is insignificant but at the same time it's like really basic it's just a name it's 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 like the it's like the beginning of meeting someone their name so it's yeah. like it, it's it's a very easy thing to make you just want to not really um engage especially in those kind of environments but um yeah no that's probably been my biggest issue I think in school is probably yeah. the name of things but yeah I think as well like I think the easiest way to remember someone's name is to say it back to them yeah once, you know once they've said it to oh, me. I, had, I had a teacher that never used people's names it was weird he was in science and he would literally um do the register at the start by asking people to look around and tell him who's not here so he never, I don't think I ever saw that heard that man say my name ever once ever at least he was consistent with everybody yeah not saying anyone's name. any of you guys I've never seen anything like it this was in the 11 and he would literally be like so who's not in tell me who's not in and then the people would be like oh is this a seating plan they'd be like oh this person's not in and he'll just make sure he puts them as not there and everyone else is there and then when he's asking people questions he literally just points never said a name once in his entire obviously he knew like maybe one or two because they're class clowns but other than that like if you were quiet in his lesson you'll never there's literally no engagement there like you'll never have heard him say your name it's the weirdest thing no one likes him though mm, that's that's odd for a teacher <laughs> i know i know okay so one last one Shanique okay would you rather have people constantly ask where you're really from or have people assume your background all the time and get it wrong um just ask me where I'm from there's actually no harm in um 
asking questions I think it's better to ask than assume yeah but that's a mixed thing have you heard that some some people don't like that some people don't like being asked where they're from because they feel like it makes them the other and they'd rather just be mm-hmm. treated like everyone else but I've never had the issue with being asked where I'm from because I'm very aware of the fact that I'm clearly not from here like originally like like I'm not white yeah. so I get the question all the time are you one of those people because I feel like it's a division a lot of people are okay with being asked like they're very happy to give up their background and others are like why do you need to know like I'm English I'm British do you know what I mean um I think it depends how they ask like okay I don't know if if I tell if I if they ask me where I'm from and I just say where I grew up just accept that as my answer don't go okay but no but where are you actually from because okay the first time you know yeah no I know what you mean but it's it's probably because where you're from has so many different meanings I've always I've always been so stuck on that question where am I from like where do I live where am I from is in where was I born where am yeah. I from where are my parents from? they're all three different answers so it's like which one do you want but either way like I don't really mind I don't really mind if they as long as they're not asking so that they can like jump to conclusions about what kind of person I am then I don't mind yeah I really don't mind so yeah I think we all kind of agree um or would you rather which one did you choose tomorrow sorry um I don't know how to pick between those two to be honest because I've never really had anyone assume where I'm from before so okay I don't, no, it's not something I'm bothered by but I am bothered by people asking me where I'm really from okay okay it really doesn't bother me people asking me where I'm really from but I've only really experienced that, say, the past few years. So when I started uni, people would be like, oh, where are you from? So then I'd be like, oh, Manchester. And they'd be like, no, like, background. And I'd be like, oh, okay. But then I don't mind that because I think it tells you a bit more about... Yeah, I feel like they're just yeah. trying to get a bigger, um, a better understanding of what, you're, what you are as a person, who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate It kind that. of puts you into context, yeah, I think. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes, say you reply with Jamaica then the next question can be like do you know what I mean lead into like you never know you might have a crossover there or something do you know what I mean yeah I th- yeah exactly I think if they ask if they ask where I'm from and I say where I was born and grew up and then they said no what's your, sorry what's your background that's fine but yeah like there's sometimes in like an implication that they think I'm lying they're like no 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 oh, where, where yeah, are you no, actually I... where are you actually from as if okay, I couldn't be from here like that's the yeah. me. that's the other ring that I was speaking about yeah no yeah. I understand in that context it, it really is just how things are asked right because I think you can tell the difference between someone who's just naturally curious versus someone who's um kind of ignorant yeah in how they ask questions yeah I, I agree okay so if we go back to some of the questions that we had before what are some of the minor forms you feel that this stereotype kind of shows itself I think um I think certain words I think is like the indication (laughs) I think if people ever label you as sassy that's when they're calling you angry black woman (laughs) 100 and what's the other one fierce fierce (laughs) yeah yeah it's not like it's a nice thing but they know you know full well they don't mean it in a nice way in my yearbook I was I was named the award that I got was sassiest woman alive. I was the only black girl. Oh in no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so crazy because you don't give across a sassy vibe at all, Tamara. You're so calm. You're such a calm person. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it did make me laugh. 
I think also like words like um and um, we said fierce but feisty I think those are like words you know yeah just screams angry black woman I don't know why 100% and just in general like I feel like um in in workplaces a place like that naturally doesn't matter who you are you're going to have issues with other people in the office there's going to be times when maybe two people's personalities bump but as soon as um it's a black woman versus someone else automatically that person knows that they can play that I think it's just this subconscious thing where they know they can play that victim of like oh I'm being bullied if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and then people naturally just jump to that because my flatmate was recently telling me about um experience of hers um a girl that she works with has um never like never because they're all pretty much students so they just work um in Sainsbury's part-time and they're usually on the evening shifts together so they're all kind of chilling together as students and she's the only black girl and whenever she gets told to do something from the managers and and this is during covid so everyone's masked all the time the only only way of knowing what someone's facial expression is is literally by looking at their eyes and there's only so much you can get from that so there's times she's told to go at the front to count you know how you have to count a certain amount of people in so she'll just be like okay yeah I'll go now and then as soon as she walks away the the manager looks at the other manager goes oh did you see that I asked her to go to the front and she and she rolled her eyes at me before she went and then my friend obviously overheard and asked her friend she was like why is she saying you rolled her eyes because honestly I swear to you I literally said okay I'll go now and just turned and went well because I didn't stand there for a bit and laugh and joke or whatever it's like there's this conclusion that they completely jump like they'd love to jump to a lot of times which is just you're not happy to be here or you're confrontational confrontational almost yeah and she's not ever spoke more than needs to speak I don't know I don't know what the issues and then it's got to a point now where they've even spoken to other people who've engaged with her and they've said oh when you first joined you're amazing but ever since you started um spending a lot of time with what's her name on the on the shop floor we feel like she's influencing you but they're not even saying what she's doing to influence a person or anything like that it's just it's so unfair because she's literally 18 year old girl who's first year university trying to get some money on the side and it's so passive all of this is passive because none of it's in her face yeah that's so I know and and, and she literally like my flatmate was telling me how she had to like calm her down at one point she was saying like what am I doing wrong like I don't know what what I can change because I'm literally just trying to do my job so many people can probably relate to this it's happened it happens all the time where they just are threatened by what you are before they even know who you are that makes sense because this is literally only been like a month that she's been in the job so it's not even been long enough to even gauge her personality I don't know it's really sad Yeah. yeah I think that's kind of where it ties in with like microaggressions and you know the way people act yeah no there's definitely a passive approach mm-hmm. when it comes to stereotypes no one's ever going to be like oh we're going to hire you but are you ever going to be an angry black girl like do you have exactly. any history? Yeah. You know, it's all very passive means and very like tiny tiny ways it shows itself which is why um I think it's quite ironic because a big reason why women are um ang- that the label angry black woman came about is because it's like she's angry for no reason but maybe it's these microaggressions that are causing this said anger. Yeah. You know, everyone has a right to be angry at things that anger them, you know? <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's just bad when you feel like you have to tone down your feelings, though. Just in case anyone listening, you know, might not have heard or about it or doesn't really understand what the term means. What does microaggression mean to, to you guys? Oh, what does microaggression mean to me? I think microaggression is anything that's subtle that I kind of look at it and I think hmm this is a bit suspicious that's how I would phrase it so um if there's something that somebody says that can come across as racist how people act if 
sometimes when people are a bit standoffish I think that's like a microaggression as well yeah no I understand what you mean um I think another thing would be a microaggression is the kind of aggression that's difficult to confront so for example if someone does something to you and and, and you feel like if you were to call it out you look crazy that's kind of how you know it's a microaggression because it's like it's made you feel a certain way but you can't really call them out for it without them being able to pass it off as either a joke or something that isn't that serious you just look like you're overreacting to it but it is it does have limitations a lot of the time yeah it's massively frustrating and you even doubt yourself sometimes you're like am I just overreacting maybe they yeah. don't actually mean it that way maybe I'm too sensitive or mm-hmm. a lot of like <laughs> mental <laughs> processing you have to do I know sometimes I think the microaggressions can gaslight you at the same yeah. time because you then second guessing like am I imagine imagining this is this something that's really happening or yeah sometimes I'd rather they just I'd rather just know what everyone is straight straight up like I'd rather you just would just full-on open aggression so then that way I know how to deal with you whereas a lot of the times you just you don't know how you don't know where to put someone where to play someone when these things happen you're just like am I being sensitive or no 100 I think gaslighting is a good word because you just don't you don't know if it's you yeah you doubt yourself I think as well microaggressions are so common that even the way that people learn right now they just don't realize that they're doing it which makes it even hard to call out yeah I think we've had some examples in this conversation already like when we said things like um where are you really from and you said that mm-hmm. it sounds like it sounds like they, they say it in a way that makes it sound like you lied the first time that can be that can be classed as a microaggression because you wouldn't have asked someone else yeah. who looked as different that question yeah it's just the implication that there's no way that you could actually be from the UK type of thing and even the um not getting like refusing to to say your name because they find it too difficult that's my progression because you wouldn't have done that to someone else you literally I've had people say that's too hard for me like do you have a nickname how can you feel comfortable saying that to someone you know you wouldn't have said that to me if it was a more common name that you're used to so you're literally telling me to my face that because my name is uncommon and from a different background it doesn't have the same amount of respect Mm-hmm. that you'd get out. what I find interesting as well is if you flip these microaggressions if you were to do it back to them that would come across as intimidating or aggressive and then play into this whole stereotype yep I know it's poetry writing itself mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway we can move on away from that a bit onto something a bit more light-hearted that you've been playing with some of our other guests and that is basically if you could have a dinner party with anyone dead or alive who would you invite we're looking for three people just so we can kind of get to know each other a little bit more tomorrow do you have any (laughs) um okay I'll go first I think my three that are different to ones I've chosen before possibly Morgan Freeman more mostly just because I really enjoy his voice (laughs) <laughs> I'd happily just sit and listen to him talk um, Kendrick Lamar because I'm obsessed with him and oh the last one I feel like it should be a woman let's go with Michelle Obama just because you know she's really inspirational I think she'd have some really good stories as well yeah I like that um, I was gonna say I know that Michelle Obama would be one of mine because I'd love to meet her and just feel like she'd give me really good advice yeah. just in line um so Michelle Obama and then maybe 
somebody like really historical really influential maybe like Rosa Parks I know it's a bit out I was there, thinking but... her as well no it's not out there that's actually a very good one I was thinking either her or Harriet Tubman mm-hmm. just somebody who's got extreme um like strength because I was I often think like how did people back in the day have so much strength and courage to do what they did and make such an impact yeah so maybe one of those two and then I might have um Barack Obama there as well just so I can get some of his you know wisdom that's a nice little pitiful tree you got there I like that I I think I'm gonna go for um Serena Williams I've always loved her that's a good one yeah so Williams I've always loved not in not only in terms of like and as an athlete which she's amazing but like she's had to endure so much I feel like I've um got a lot of questions just for like her entire entire life like I'd read an autobiography of hers who else was on my list Muhammad Ali Muhammad Ali yeah yeah my mum my mum met no she didn't when yeah when she was like young like Oh, the way I would never, I would make that my Twitter bio. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I love him because he's not only just, again, like another amazing person in terms of what he did, but he was such a well-spoken, like, I love the way he carried himself. He was so funny. Like, I just, I just love him. Yeah, I'll have him and I've got one left. Maybe like Amy Winehouse. I feel like she died way too young. Um, Yeah, that'll probably be my three. I think Serena Williams would have been a great guest to have on this. <laughs> feel like yeah, she to deal with this particular. Yeah, she's had to deal with her whole life. It's funny that I picked someone that actually relates to the angry black woman. Yeah, no, that was not on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's honestly been struggling through that her whole career, and she's still come out on top. She's amazing. Yeah, I mean, maybe if we manifest this in, in no, she might listen <laughs> to it. <laughs> let's start. Let's start manifesting that now. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, I hate going first with this game. No, Morgan Freeman. He'll just, he'll just, he'll just speak, and he's already sh- like annihilated us. But um, who else is your other two? Kendrick. No, you've got a decent one there. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar, de- Michelle Obama. That's an interesting conversation. That it is a bit of a weird one. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's end this podcast on a high note. Um, thought we could discuss our favorite things about being a black woman. Um, Shanique, do you want to start? I think my favourite thing about being a black woman is the ability, everyone can do this, but I think black women do it well, is the ability to change your hair. Oh, yeah. So frequently. Like, sometimes people are like, is that not long, like, changing wigs and changing hair? And I'm like, no, I can literally have five different personalities if I wanted to. No, black women do do that. You're 100% right in saying that. And they do it so, so well, like those five different personalities are all you as well you don't look like you've changed who you are as a person but it's just like oh I'm feeling this today and you can rock yeah oh I love that no that's a good one that's a good one you stole tomorrow me. that's what I need a second to think so that's what I was gonna say oh is that you <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking I was kind of hoping to get inspiration from you guys um my favorite thing about being a black woman I feel like it's just it's it's inspiring to like be part of the community basically like I feel like as much as it can be hard and that you're facing the microaggressions and everything there's always someone that you can look at and be like well they you know they did it yeah so like we can too type of thing proper trendsetters as well in a lot of in a lot of fields and was just such a diverse bunch like even us three here today are completely different 
three completely different types of living but we all kind of are all under the umbrella I think yeah. I love the diversity of it all mm-hmm. I think it's, that I actually the, the trend setting thing definitely if you look, look yeah. at fashion music everything yeah you know, 100% it, it, yeah all of those things are great yeah no I agree I agree okay and one last thing um advice you'd want to give young black women in positions where they're being labeled I would tell young black women to not even pay attention and carry on doing what you're doing that's honestly what I would say so don't dim your light and just be you 100% I think that's the best advice you could give anyone to be honest Mm -hmm. yeah I agree yeah don't feel like you have to make yourself feel small in spaces to make other people comfortable be selfish be unapologetic basically I also think as well, yeah, you don't always have to have this pressure to try so much harder than everyone else to be something that every, even just general ethnic minority girls in particular are told that, you know, yeah. that just doesn't need to be oh, that pressure. To be half as good. They've always heard that. It's always something that's been in the back of their minds. Yeah, you're no, 100% right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of concludes the the episode. The last thing that we we like to do is our culture plug. So basically, any anything that you've kind of been enjoying recently, books, TV, movies that you could kind of recommend for anyone that's listening. Shneek, would you like to go first? Okay, so I think like everybody, I'm one of these people who's watching Sister Sister on Netflix. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying that. Um, I also listen to a lot of podcasts, so um, some of my favourite ones are Black Girls Living, um, The Receipts, um, Two Queens in a Pod, those are three of my favourites. Alright, okay, I'm definitely taking notes of some of those, because I've been into podcasts recently as well. Sister Sisters just recently been put on, hasn't it? Yeah, it's so I loved good. that growing up, mm-hmm, like same. I loved it. It's such a timeless classic. I think there's all they've also put on Girlfriends. Have you seen? Yeah, I saw that. That's next on my watch yeah, list. Really, really good. Really, really good. Um, what have I been watching? Oh, I just finished um The Queen's Gambit not long ago. That was good on Netflix. It's a mm. mini series. I have heard that's um, really good. Oh no, it's really, really good. I think I think she played the the protagonist played her part really, really well. And it was a, it's a, it's like a time period as well. I think it was based on in 1950s to 60s America. It was really good. Um, I'm still, I'm still like halfway through it. I should be hopefully finished it by the next time we do one of these questions. It's If Bill Street Could Talk, the James Baldwin book. So we've got a BAME author there. It's a really, really good one. I think they made a film last year, but I told myself I'd read the book first. So I'm looking forward to finishing that. Apparently it's the film's on Amazon Prime. Okay, that's way. great. I'll watch it after I finish. But I've, I've heard it's really heartbreaking. I haven't got to the sad part of the book yet, so I'm quite scared, but excited. I get really invested with characters. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, aside from having a lot of uni work, I've not been watching a lot, but my friend has sent me a book called What a Time to Be Alone. So I've just started reading that. Sounds really sad, but... I think it's basically, it's just kind of like supposed to motivate you to get through, you know, times that you're, you're feeling alone, which I feel like is really relevant right now, particularly because, you know, we're in lockdown and, um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to see like your support circle and whatnot. So yeah, I definitely recommend so far. So good. 
thank you so much I'm gonna write that down as well I'm already looking it mm-hmm. up on Amazon <laughs> hopefully it can have the same influence on our listeners yeah, it's, as well yeah yeah it's definitely something I'd recommend but, uh... so I that's it it's been a, a interesting almost two hours thank you so much for joining us today Shanique thank you I've had such a good time I hope I can be on one of these again we'd soon. love to have you back it's been a pleasure Um, thanks so much for listening if you've made it this far Um, and don't forget to engage with any uh, questions or queries or suggestions that you might have Uh, you can find us on our Instagram which is at BAMEMMU or you can email us on mmu.bame.uk we've been your hosts our and tomorrow see you next time bye Bye. (laughs)